0: flow however you want it to okay well then um welcome to uh be uncommon with caleb and luke and, uh, <laughs> we're sitting here looking across um on the screens at each other even though we're about three miles away and um yeah no i actually hated that intro so welcome to be uncommon with caleb and luke we in the energy now i've got a i've got a seltzer in front of me i actually have a double seltzer in front of me um good good old double shot of seltzer is always a good call on a uh, what is it two o'clock on a on a, on a friday Perfect. It's 5 o'clock in, on the East Coast. But today today we are going to um, change the uh, the typical dynamic of how we do these uh, podcasts. Tip, the tip. <laughs> just a tip. Just a typical, you know. <laughs> um, and it's going to be uh, more conversational between Caleb and I because uh, him and I have conversations, uh, I don't know, maybe every day, if not like five or six times a week where we have a conversation and we both go, fuck, I wish I'd, we just like recorded that. So that's going to be the direction mm-hmm. of our podcast moving forward, laid back, not really scheduled, and we're just going to talk about all of the shit that we are doing inside of business, outside of business, throughout life, as we're all just fucking figuring it out and doing our best.
1: <laughs> hey, man, we're all just doing our fucking best, you know? Like, oh, uh, I literally said that to somebody today at the gym. I was like, yeah, man, like, we're talking about just everybody in certain scenarios, whatever situations, parents, and I'm like, yeah, man, we're all just big fucking toddlers out here just doing our best, man. He looked at me just like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. I mean, a bunch of big-ass babies out here figuring but, life out for there's the first like time. A few, uh, there's like a few
0: questions you can ask other people to see if you see the world the same way. And one of them is like, hey, bro, do you ever just feel like a big little kid? And like if somebody's <laughs> like, dude, yes. Like, All right, cool. Like we're on the same wave. All right. If people look at you like, no, what the fuck? I'm, a, I'm an adult. I'm like, either you have no idea what's going on in your life or you know way too much about what's going on in your life. I, I am not there. So – Whatever it is, <laughs> like you're higher or or lower or something,
1: we are just not on the same plane right now. It's like, dude, stop taking life so seriously. Stop taking yourself so seriously.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I'm thinking of one person when as you said that to me. And fuck. That I know. Person. I know that person. Oh, had, I said it. Yeah. Um, huge
1: rawbacky dicks. Um, but there was a uh, paradigm shift this last weekend as we talked it was, about. it was a paradigm shift? There was multiple. It was paradigms. a paradigm shift. I'm, I think I'm constantly just going through a paradigm shift my whole life, I swear to God. It's like every day yep. I'm doing something, and people are just like, what? I feel like people are looking at me like, what the fuck's going on in that guy's head? And I'm like, I wish I could explain it to the world, but you can't sometimes.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like 2021 like no was a paradigm shifting year. It's just like every single day, I would. I would, I feel like I've been waking up just like... Learning new information, new data about who I am, about what I want, about what I don't want, about what I love and what I don't love. And like, I'm like getting mature enough to like change how my viewpoints and decisions on things as I get older. But like this year's mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff of like, I'm making, I'm like getting rid of some things in my life, bringing things in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a bunch of stuff of like, uh, every single day, the old me would have been like, bro, just make a decision to stick with it. Now I'm like, dude, what the fuck do you want? Let's figure it out. I'm going to go try fucking everything. And go, oh go talk to everybody, and let's just fucking figure it out and do your best, buddy. Just fucking do, do your, your best, best man.
1: It was, it was put so well, and it's like once you reach a level of self-awareness and consciousness, you can't go back. No, never. And I, ever. I think that's the hardest part about this whole thing is, like you said, your old self. Uh-huh. And it's like you can't even think about your old self anymore because that, that guy's completely been shed. Like, And, and his opinion has nothing to do with anything anymore because like you're at this new state of, of yourself and consciousness. And like every day, I feel like something happens to the point where I'm like, holy shit, this, like I'm connecting dots every single fucking day and I'm just, it's a constant like yep. shift. Yep. Of everything. And it's like the weirdest shit ever. And, um, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and, uh, it was somebody
0: that's known me since, you know, I was like 11 or 12 and we had, we we're having this conversation, uh, like about this type of stuff. And uh, I was like, 12 year old me would think that twenty-four-year-old me is such a fucking asshole." And then, <laughs> and they were like, "Honestly, twelve-year-old you was a fucking asshole. Twenty-four-year-old you is fucking awesome." And I was like, "That's so weird." <laughs> I was like, "How I thought my younger self would view me now?" And they're like, "Dude, no, you, your twelve-year-old self, you were a prick, dude." Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, "So funny, super weird how like other people view me, and like now I have yeah. a more insight to myself." because someone's like no bro like and one of the new reasons like when you were 12 you had no boundaries for yourself like you were too nice to everybody all the time mm-hmm. and you were yeah. and you were like and then all of a sudden you would snap and get angry and you'd be a bully and I'm like yeah you talking about me? No me. That's or what this oh, person was telling me. Okay. you were saying you I was like what the fuck. No so, so this what okay. they were telling me. And uh and I was kind of like wow yeah I feel seen right now cuz that's totally true. <laughs> that's exactly what fucking happened when I was like Good. 12 or 13. And now they're like yeah, you have such clear boundaries of, like, what you do with your time and who you spend your time with. it's like, you're mm-hmm. way cooler than you were when you were 12. And I was like, that's awesome because uh, I spend time with, like, only, like, five fucking people I want to. Like, <laughs> yeah, legit. And one of those people is actually a Great Dane. So, like, very clear
1: boundary <laughs> in my life. <laughs> that's that's very valid that it, that is another person. So, yeah. It, oh, for
0: sure. Gibby deserves to be a person, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I guess they're... um. I mean, I, I posted a little, like, testimonial about it on Instagram already, but um, this past weekend, um, fucking insane, to say the least, of just, like, um, in all states. Like, I spent an entire weekend with you and your brother, which was just dope in itself, like, Probably you, know, like you know.
0: pretty interesting. Pretty interesting seeing two people that are so similar, but also so fucking different at the same time. I'm sure that was that was
1: the whole I think that was the whole weekend yeah. like people that like we probably would have never spoken to outside of that event. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, which is now a new thing of ours. I think both where we have completely left judgment outside when meeting somebody of like, there's no telling where this conversation can go like good or bad. You know what I mean, yeah. which is also a cool practice in itself. But um, yeah, I, I kind of want to get your like take on heading into this weekend because you already knew who Ian was. Yep. In um, this whole, yeah, I mean, this has been your world as opposed to mine, which it, that world started literally the day we got to Boise. Yeah, so uh,
0: for some uh, context for everybody listening, um, Caleb and I went to uh, Boise this past uh, weekend. Um, Boise, Boise. Um, <laughs> that was my first time ever in Boise, uh, and it, it was, <laughs> first off, beautiful city, incredible. Everybody's so fucking nice, and super weird being from SoCal and then going there and people actually being as nice as everybody says they are. Super interesting. But we also, we went with my brother, Matt, um, who is a brilliant business owner, gangster, one of the top three smartest people like I've ever spoken to. Um, obviously, a little biased there, but also... No, I second that. Also, always introduce him as like, uh, the far less good-looking brother of the two of us. Oh, <laughs> and every time he's like, hey, it's not really funny anymore, but all right, keep going. Uh, but it was awesome. So Ian Stanley is the uh, was the host of what, uh, an event called Almost Passive Income, which is the name of his company, where he's partnered with another brilliant business owner, uh, Cam Forry, who that guy is for sure one of the smartest people I've ever met. Cam is and has wickedly, one of the dopest wickedly intelligent. Um, I mean, so is Ian. But the entire um, idea behind this is um, it's a business uh, event. It's a marketing event, sure. But it's about um, wealth creation and um, building up your income Uh, There's stuff about investing. There's stuff about email marketing. There's stuff about general marketing. There's just stuff about sales. That's all of that stuff. Sure. Right. And it's all about basically how to make more money in less time. while having more fun. It's the gist of everything. Right. That's, that's Ian Stanley's motto for life. That's the mission statement for almost passive income, which is why I fuck with it so hard because that's exactly how I feel about my own life. It's like, I want to do, of course I want to make more money. I do not ever want to work 40 hours in a week. And I don't think I ever will again work 40 hours in a week. And I just want to have just an Uber fuck ton ass load of fun all the time, right? <laughs> Uber, Uber fuck ton ass load of fun. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. It's a little continue. bit more than a metric fuck ton, you know, just a little bit more, a wee bit. A wee bit more. It's like
1: hella kinda. Yeah. yeah it's,
0: it's like hella kinda a lot, you know? Um, oh, I feel shit. like hella kinda a lot makes me feel like I'm from like Fresno and Mississippi at the same time. That's, that, that's a <laughs> weird dynamic. Um, but so Ian Stanley has been like a, uh, a mentor of mine, um, for like close to probably two years. Um, and then finally getting to meet him in person, drink with him in person, hang out, eat next to him, and just have a bunch of conversations with him and his girlfriend and his uh, entire business structure, his tribe. business partner, all of the tribe, everybody. Um, I started to realize that like, Ian and I are like very close to being the same fucking person. in a lot of aspects. <laughs> like we are very, very similar. And the uh, secret about Ian for me is um, he is a walking ATM machine for me. Every fucking time I, I buy one of those products of his, whether it's a $5 book, or a $90 digital product, or a $200 product, or I've paid him $5,000 for a coaching, um, for him to coach and mentor <laughs> me, and I just committed to a $12,000 mastermind with this guy, um, by the time I pay all of that out, I will have paid him $20,000 minimum, I'm sure, in the last, like, two years, right? Which is fucking nuts. I couldn't, imagine, no, it, I couldn't it, imagine... Well, you have to think about it. the big picture. I couldn't imagine even making twenty grand in a year a couple of years ago, let alone fucking paying somebody yeah. else $20,000. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he's
0: a walking ATM machine for me because it's like, like any single time I've ever paid him any amount of money within sixty days I have doubled my money. Every time. Fucking like for contributed specifically to what I learned from him. And the biggest mm-hmm. thing that I, uh, he has all of the tactics, right? Um and like the techniques that he can teach you how to make money, right? And one of the things we learned this yes. uh this weekend is like with if you only listen to people that teach tactics and techniques, like the ship's gonna like set sail and like those are only gonna work for a little bit, right? Tactics and techniques mm-hmm. go out of style. Um hacks and gimmicks do, you know, so it, uh, principles create strategies, which then create tactics and techniques. So he's, he teaches principles first and his basis for all principles and frameworks for principles when it comes to making money is fixing your relationship to how you feel about money. Because we are all emotionally fucked up when it comes to money. Um, it's not specifically because of our parents meant bad for us, but like our parents, most of everybody here that's ever going to listen to this, their, your parents fucked you up with money somehow, right? Mine did, we, yours did. But it's also yeah. their parents fucked them up with money.
1: They only, you only know what you know in all aspects of life, but especially money, and especially yep. something that nobody likes to talk about, and th- which is which is, is weird because we all
0: want it. Yep, and exactly, and it's which is always which is always like made me feel super weird when other people feel weird about talking about money because yeah. because I never really felt weird about talking uh, with money. At least with my dad, my dad and I always had honest conversations about money, and it was cool. Um, it wasn't as free flowing as I would like it to be, but it was a lot free, more free flowing than I know a lot of my friends have with their like dads when it comes to money. Um, yeah. My mom was always, uh, I don't know, I always like felt like I just, yeah, just don't talk to mom about money. Like she's cool with yeah. it, you know, and she always wants me to be happy, and she would do anything to make sure I was happy and any of her kids. Yeah. But I always like kind of felt that like. I don't know if she's comfortable with this. I'm just going to kind of ignore it. But if it was my dad, Mm -hmm. whether it was like, Hey, I made this money or I'm asking you for this money, or can we talk about money or talk about cost and value and price and all of these things? My dad and I were always cool talking about that. So that Mm -hmm. was a big thing for me growing up. Like at least I was comfortable with it. But the big thing (laughs) about when I first started making money is it took me so long. I would confuse movement with progress. I would work, hours and hours and hours and barely make any money. Like I could not make two.
1: Wait, Can you say that again? you'd confuse what with what just for everybody. That's a
0: Denzel Washington quote. I would, you can never confuse movement with progress. So it's the idea of you can be, you can be moving really, really, really hard and working out really, really hard while running in place. Or you can be fucking moving while you're running forward. You know? And like, it's like little steps could be almost the same amount of effort, you know, but in one of them, you're Mm -hmm. actually fucking traveling to the destination you want to. The other one, you're just fucking burning calories. Yeah, um, and sometimes it, yeah. So yeah. it's like while well, well, I always had that um like okay and openness to the connection of money is uh, my one of my money blocks was like I never really felt like worthy of making that money. Like I didn't deserve it, yeah. right? Um like I wasn't smart enough yet to make the money, to charge the money that I should. You're like why would people pay me money? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um like I don't deserve this. Like why are you paying me for this this work?
0: Yeah, so uh just while I'm on it, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to riff off the uh the five money blocks that he uh the Ian teaches. And, uh, we, we relearned them or I relearned them again at the event, but you were introduced to these. So I'm, I'm going to name the five and then I want you to talk about them. Um, okay. okay. So these are five money blocks that Ian Stanley from almost passive income, um, taught me. And once I, I went through some deep, like emotional, like coaching from him, uh, group coaching where like he, we got to the root of like, why the fuck are you literally blocked from making money? Like you are blocking yourself. Um, mm-hmm. and the first one is, uh, people think rich people are assholes. Um, mm-hmm. Which is uh, one I know a lot of my friends think. That was never mine. Um, like I've never actually thought... I've like, been fortunate enough to like, live next to or meet people that are really rich and really, really fucking kind and awesome. So like, that was never one for me. Yeah. Money is evil. Never one for me. But there is one person in my life right now who I'm very close to who thinks this. And it's like, as soon as, as, soon as they realize that, they're going to start making my money. I know. I it. Like yeah. <laughs> um, the third one is there isn't enough money. Which is quite literally ludicrous, considering that like forty percent of the money is being printed now. In history in the history of the United States was printed in the last twelve months. Fucking bonkers! Literally, we just need a fucking printing press. And there's more. I mean, <laughs> let's not even get to inflation and market economics and all of the stuff that's going to get fucking fucked by all of that. But that's another thing. Um, <laughs> the fourth one is uh, you. You have to work harder or longer to make more money. That was a little bit of mine for sure. Um, but again, I was very fortunate enough to grow up with a brother who, uh, made his like very first chunk of change from the internet. Just like I do Matt, my, my brother did the one that went to Boise with us. So I was very fortunate to get introduced to that being a possibility early in like my teenage years. So that like big, one of the biggest blessings of my life is having that experience. Right. The fifth mm-hmm. one is I am not worthy of this money. That was my money block. That was my deep, deep, like, I don't deserve this. Like, why would people pay me for this? Like. I should only charge this much, even though I'm going to create XYZ outcome, like all of those things. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about, uh, you got introduced to all five of those this weekend, right? Oh. You had no idea yeah. what the fuck money block really actually was, right?
1: I didn't even, dude, I don't even, I didn't even know what the fuck money was, bro. Like I, I'm having like a nostalgia as you're talking. Am I like looking at my notes of like emotions coming up and like, um, it was a very emotional weekend, bro. And like, I, uh. I didn't, I've never learned so much about myself in one setting, like literally just sitting there and the thoughts that would come up I'm being much more aware of the thoughts that come up when someone says something yep. and then dissecting that thought, like, of wh- where did I learn that? Why did I think that way? You know, and, um, so trippy, but yeah, the five money blocks. So the rich people are assholes. I don't say I'd, I'd think that I just wasn't around a lot of rich people. Yeah. Like I didn't really knew, I didn't really know what, what. It was like to be rich or have like money, you know, like my parents worked their ass off for us to to get what, you know, what we could, but it wasn't like, you know, all the things that you see rich people fucking, you know, doing. So I I just wasn't around it. So I wouldn't say that that was really a thing for me. Um, But when I saw wealthy people and I started to growing up, I was like, um, I want to be like that. Like, I want to have that shit. I want to have nice stuff for my family. I want to be able to give back to the people that gave back to me. Mm So, um, money is evil. Um, there's like a weird concept. I feel like that comes up for me of like the top 1% of like the world, which is like just a trippy thing, I guess, yep. of like how much you really control with that money. Yep. That's the only thing that, 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 uh, I feel like money is evil, that it's the people behind the money that is evil. It's not actually money. It's if your intentions are good with money and you're a good person, just like Ian said, if you're a good fucking person, being rich is only going to make you more of a good person because yep. you're going to give back. Well, if you're just it just amplifies evil, who you are. Yeah, yes. There you go. Wealth amplifies who you are. I fucking love that. Um, three, there isn't enough. Um, I've never thought of that. I mean, I just, I just felt like maybe there isn't enough in certain arenas or like fields that you want to go in. So you might have to pivot into a new one, but um, I feel like there's money to be made everywhere yep. in, in, in different aspects of life. Um, work harder uh, or longer to make more. And that this one is like hits me to the core. Cause I feel like as an athlete, I grew up on input equals output. If you, go run X amount of routes more than uh, the other guy, then you're going to have this outcome in the game, you know, like all this fucking what if situations with sports of working hard, and not working your opponent and all this kind of shit. I mean, we'd go to the gym at five in the morning, go to fucking practice and then go again at night. Like we were just, we thought more was more. Oh, if I hit arms every single <laughs> fucking hour of the day, they're going to, you know, like, so the whole less is more concept. I've just started adapting into my life. Like I was the whole yin and yang and balance. And I, I had none of the feminine, I had no uh sense of feminine self like of the balance and the everything was order and structure and work and blah blah you know right. and you get it back so this is this is my biggest money block and um I guess that kind of ties into I'm not worthy because you don't think you deserve for me it's really hard to accept things i haven't put in work for i think that's like the the, the weirdest concept for me it's like wait, like I didn't have to do anything to make this money. Like my whole thing was, yeah, bro, you want to go D1? You have to fucking work now, you know, and you want to get on that field. You have to force that coach, force that coach to see you, force him to put you into the game, leave him no choice. You know, everything was control. I control my effort. I'll control the outcome of my life. That's how I am fucking wired. Like Mm -hmm. I don't understand And he used to, I'll bring up, like, my boy Kyle Sweet, my roommate all through college, like, grew up together, and he's the smoothest dude I've ever met in my life. Like, shit just, like, flows for Kyle, and and it seems effortless for him. Like, and I noticed this in college, and I'm like, no, this dude is just living the balance of knowing when to work, knowing when not to. And, and like, and when I was like, why is he not just, like, fucking running routes all day? Like, why is he not just working out all day, you know? And it's like, that was my mindset. So that whole concept of of the work harder and input equals output um is definitely just one of my blocks through life i wouldn't even say money you know what i mean so and just heading into another riff that we can talk about was we did a lot of meditation at this event and this event was fucking crazy bro like just the things i did not expect to happen happened you know um so we did a lot of meditations and shit and the word that kept coming up for me was surrender um which i have a terrible time doing i mean i have scars to prove it i mean i remember before the game my first game at nevada Before I'm about to go out there, Coach Chang, my receiver coach at the time, goes, hey, bro, just let the game come to you today. Just let it come to you. Like, you're always forcing. You're always trying to be the best all the time. Like, let it come to you. And then later that game, I blow up my fucking knee and miss the season. And it's like, yeah, bro, if this isn't a lesson in its fucking self, but every time I just take my foot off the gas a little bit and just let fucking life take the wheel things start to work out. Um, so surrender came up and then you told me to read the surrender experiment. So all these crazy things like started from this weekend and they're starting to snowball. So yeah. And to riff on those
0: meditations, which is like, those are some of the most, uh, which is all the meditations we, we went through are all the ones I've been doing for the last year. And they're all from Ian Stanley and he does the voiceover. Um, he's half British, half American, which makes him sound Australian. That's always a joke. So, (laughs) so he has like one of those cool, (laughs) unique voices, uh, especially for us being, being American here, it's like, uh,
1: (laughs) you don't (laughs) have access.
0: But, uh, for context, for listeners, uh, they are like imaginative visualization meditation. So like you have to visualize yourself in a room and then walking down into a path. And then like, you have to envision all of these different things. But, um, out of the four that we did, three of them at the end of it, towards the end of it, um, there's some type of way that you get to a, a book or a piece of paper or something, and it, he says, reveal the message. And then all of a sudden, like whatever pops in your head, whether it's a, an actual saying, it's a single word, it's images, anything um, that is part of the entire experience of the meditation. And for some people, they don't see anything, which is a block because either people are, are A, afraid of what they're going to see, or B, don't feel worthy of what they're going to see, which is part of uh, like the idea of working through the worthiness. Or
1: trying too hard to see
0: it. Yeah, exactly, like forcing something. And then all of a sudden you, you think twice about it, like, oh, did I force that in there, or did I think about it, yeah. or did it, is that what it was supposed to happen, you know? So I have a really fucking crazy experience of that this weekend. Um, so the very first one, uh, when I went through that experience, the word that popped up for me was go. With an exclamation point. That was it. Only thing I saw, and I was like, "Okay, cool." But uh, fucking go where? You know, like I was confused but like yeah. open to it, right? Later that day, we did another one.
1: I'm confused but yeah. open to it. I love that. <laughs> I love that fucking line. I'm confused but open to it. It's gonna be my answer for a lot of shit. Now. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's my answer for fucking life. Everything in life. Um, <laughs> if it's not yes, it's I'm confused but open to it. Um, so the second meditation we did, I then uh it was the same type of uh meditation experience where it's like you reveal a message and it said go exclamation point have fun exclamation point and that night we went out and had a good time and we got to experience boise and we got to just see like the architecture of the buildings and uh the temperature in boise and just like how people dress and just people watch and just like you and i No, we were we were deep in the psyche of boise yeah like, we like, were fucking... but it was like one of those things like where, like, the objective was not to meet anybody, was not to go and drink with anybody, like, from the event. It was, like, purely to experience Boise with my best friend, and it was fucking awesome, mm-hmm. you know? It was fucking yeah. it was
1: fucking fun. And it's funny because, like, we didn't really do anything. No, but, we just fucking walked we, on the sidewalk. We, came together. we, we were just yeah. walking on the
0: sidewalk and just people watched. Like, literally, we, we walked, <laughs> like, six fucking miles that night. But well, we soaked fun. it in. Yeah. I've never was felt more, more present, yeah. And then, uh, mm-hmm. so the next morning um after i was first i was on like three and a half hours pretty fucking hungover which was awesome considering the next meditation uh what i saw at that point was or it, it was like reveal the message and then for some reason nothing i had nothing that was revealed and i was kind of like that hasn't happened for a while like you know it was like i feel like a whiskey dick myself <laughs> like nothing's happening you know and you said i am a whiskey dick <laughs> and then all of a sudden after like two minutes um, Because it's part of the experience. Is like you hear the background music, but he actually doesn't speak for a little bit. So he lets you experience everything. And out of nowhere, what pops up is, go deeper. And then three seconds, I shit you not, three seconds after I see go deeper in my mind, Ian literally breaks his silence and says, okay, go deeper. And I was like, bro, what? What? The fuck are you doing inside my head, Ian? <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of my head. So then, uh, so that was three of the four ones. Oh, uh, Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for the candy all three of the <laughs> uh, all three of the ones were that asked for you to see something i saw go in every single one of them and the fourth one had that it wasn't like a reveal the message type of meditation all right so the, um then sunday was the last day that we were in boise um you and i didn't go to the third day of the event um and then my brother did so i couldn't sleep that that morning i was on like three or four hours of sleep again it was mm-hmm. 30 like it was 37 degrees i believe, outside. Yeah. And there was a beautiful walk right by our hotel, right? Um, right by a mm-hmm. creek. It was green trees. It was so Boise and it was fucking unreal. What? Unreal. I said unreal. Yeah, it was the fucking e- epic, right? Beautiful is something you cannot find in, in Southern California, right? Um, like a beautiful thing for Boise. It was, you know, whatever. And I just had this weird urge. It was 37 degrees. I haven't been in 37 degree weather in fucking uh, like, I don't know, five years. I, I took a two-mile walk with my shirt off. I was shirtless and jeans walking, and I felt fucking warm. It was super weird, right? and List. It was like one of those walks where um, you know where you're walking. You're looking where you're walking. Like Physically, you know where you are. You're not going to run into something, but you're so lost inside your head. You like realize where you are, and you're a fucking mile further, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I walked a mile in one direction, turned around, and I walked a mile back towards the hotel, and it's still fucking – cold as shit but I feel fine and it's like super weird and I am lost in my mind right but I know where I'm going I'm heading back like north towards the hotel and I was thinking about the word go and why that was literally in uh, my meditation three all three times and I was kind of like, tripping out about it I'm like dude like, what does that mean and then once I like realized like wh- oh shit like I like re- realized came back to reality where I was walking I fucking shit you not I am under the bridge where it, it is graffiti to my left I am literally three feet away from Go with the flow. I'm standing in front of the word go. I shit you not. And I literally took a picture of it, and it's now my fucking lock yeah. on, my, on my, my phone. I don't know what it means. Confused but fucking open to it, I guess. <laughs> but it kept happening all weekend, and I'm like, go where? Yeah. Do what? What am I supposed to do? And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, that's like you trying to solve it is fucking not surrendering to it. You know? And, and that's what I – for a little bit yeah. I was trying to fucking solve this weird equation, the Vinci fucking equation in my head. And I'm like, no. Just, I don't know, when shit comes up, uh, go. I don't know, go. Do you want to do something? Go. I don't know. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and like the last couple of yes, days, man. I have, and I'm like, so far, nothing incredible has happened. A bunch of really cool shit has happened. I've enjoyed the last couple of days, and nothing bad has happened anytime I've gone when I've thought, like, fuck, go. Yeah. No, just go. Stop thinking, go. See what happens. Yeah, there's Fucking like a compound effect. So, it's one of those things that sounds... Without a lot of context and going through the meditations, if somebody's listening to this, they're going to be like, all right, cool. So uh, Caleb and Luke have officially entered like the weird hippie woo-woo shit. I get that. <laughs> for sure. Oh, no. We're, we're <laughs> in your really weird hippie stand, woo-woo shit. That's woo-woo what it shit. sounds like without context. For sure. There, There's yeah. magic, yeah. Woo-woo hippie there's, shit <laughs> fucking works sometimes, people. It fucking works sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
1: Uh, there's just magic, dude. And, like, and I love in the beginning. Of, I knew that conference or event, whatever you want to call it, was for me when... Ian's talking about just kind of like these pillars, right? And then he gets to the last one. He's like, and you know what? Unexplainable magic. Like there is just something beyond us and another dimension that is responsible for us. And when we learn to surrender and flow with that, it, it takes us to places we didn't know were possible, but where we for sure wouldn't have gone on our own. And it's like this hard concept because it's like we, we just want to control everything. And we get so mad that the things we can't control, we're only mad because we can't control yep. them. And it's like the craziest shit ever where I don't know. Like you said, nothing really bad happens. And bad shit's going to happen. Like it's life. I mean, we're in nature. We're on a floating fucking rock in just you the fucking my next- yep. gallop. You stole my next point. It was exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. You know, and so um just a crazy weekend. Like you said, just diving deeper into meditation and just being much more aware of the things that come up. Yep. And it's funny because there is no coincidence with shit. When you're thinking something and then someone fucking says it or, like, yep. a thing pops up, like, they're just signs, bro. They're just signs that you're supposed to keep going that direction. Like, you're doing the
0: Yeah. Keep for sure. Going,
1: go. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? Right.
0: And and one of the other things that he talks about is, uh, he was like, one of the sources of so many people's unhappiness is when people try to make sense out of shit that just you can't make sense of. As a human being, there's some shit we just
1: cannot make sense of. And was, think think of this, dude. Sorry. I, I, this just, just popped in. Sorry, I can't. Whew. Words are hard. This just <laughs> popped into my head. Words, okay, like words are I'm looking at my notes and it says green is like a sign of life, mm-hmm. and like we associate green with go. Bet like okay okay <laughs> what? Green, I'm looking like green, green is life, go life money like, And you were saying go yeah, and like it's green like when you see green green, green means lights. go red means
0: go. green lights
1: green light green light green light. <laughs> <laughs> But dude, fuck, okay.
0: But yeah, it was nuts. So I, I love that actually. I didn't fully made that connection. That's awesome. Um, but like one of the, yeah, where he talks about like sources of unhappiness is trying to like make sense of shit that like can't be made sense of. And that's always been a, a thing, uh, like the la- not always, this last year that's been a thing of like where I've come to terms with the fact that some, some shit just is. And that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> shit just, just is. is. When, and that's why it's like, the tattoo, you have right, it is what it is. hmm. Being able to actually sometimes accept that shit as just that and not give it any more attention or energy or thought is like a fucking superpower. What you can actually com- fully commit to sometimes, like, shit just is, you know. Like, for an yeah. example, of like, uh, we make a plan with somebody and they bail, like, say, us three have a meeting with somebody and the third person just fucking doesn't show up straight easily. Well, okay, well, <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty sure he's done this so many times at this point that, <laughs> that,
1: oh my god, don't get me started, fucking a. hey, I love you, but God, you bail, you bail more than anybody, fucking Judas. I showed up to his house one time and he asked why I was there. I said you invited me. <laughs> oh my god, what do you mean? <laughs> right I'm here? Just Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so us through out of meeting someone bails.
0: so no, it's like, uh, and you automatically assume, well, they just don't even show up, and you automatically assume that they did it intentionally to fuck with you. That's like your defense mechanism as a human being. Fuck this guy, dude. What the fuck? Why time so important. Sometimes life just fucking happens to people, you know? Mm -hmm. And some shit just is what it is. Some shit just doesn't fall your way, and we try to reason with it, right? No. And and there's stuff where it's like it's so liberating to be like, dude, fuck. Like it didn't go my
1: way, but like shit is what it is. Now what? Like there's literally no going back. But there is a reason why it was because, you know what I mean? Like. Sometimes shit is what it is, but it was for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because it's like that I meeting mean, didn't happen, and then you spiraled and met someone new. I, I don't know. There's there's so much different shit, right? This whole butterfly effect of fucking life. But doing this stuff and this reverse engineering, and honestly, I can find I find myself going into my brain, tapping into like old vault memories of when I was a kid, and try and like undoing trauma, mm-hmm. and like being at terms with with certain things in my life. It's fucking insane. And I like had some crazy shit today that just like went back and it's like, yeah, dude, there's no right or wrong. It's just like we talk about your perception of life. It's the morals that you live by, you know, and it's different to everybody. And you only know what you know at that moment. So everything you're literally just learning, taking fucking notes and trying to do better the next time. And so, um, but that's what these meditations have really, really. Yeah. And one of the other things that was just like
0: one of those, don't try to like, make reason of why this happened. Um, you and I stroll back into the hotel at 1 in the morning, one of these mornings. Mm-hmm. And again, the, uh, the event starts at, like what, 8 or 9 the next morning? Um, yeah, we had long days. So uh, we stroll in after just walking around, getting some drinks um, at around 1 a.m. And we see Cam, which is Ian's business partner, and a guy named Josh Sprague, who's a brilliant business owner and wickedly intelligent dude. Fucking awesome, right? And we see them, and I offer to buy them both a beer because they're both drinking a beer, and they're just sitting on the couch in the lobby. And I, uh we, you and I go and get some snacks and some. And I grab them both some beers and I hand them to them both. And I was going to walk away, and I didn't get myself a drink, and you didn't get a drink. And they're like, "Wait, you got us drinks to get us drinks?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to interrupt." They're like, "No, you guys just sit down." And like, "Here, yeah, let's kick it. Let's all like
1: hang out." And I was like, "That was that was the coolest part, I think, too. Like, it was such a smooth like." it is what it is moment. Like, I'm going to get these guys beer. And if they, if they like us, we'll sit down. If not, we'll keep going. (laughs) So,
0: you know, like, so so literally we stayed there. It was us four. And then I got another guy, uh, Ryan ended up uh, kicking it with us for a little bit too. Who was uh, like, CJ. Yep. And then CJ uh, came up. So, uh, so we, we just kicked it and talked life and business with them. Deep, deep, deep life shit with these two people that we've never met. And we connected so deeply. (laughs) We, We spoke till three in the morning and, we had all been drinking that night. It was awesome. It was great. And one of the crazy things about it was for some reason, like I've heard this before, but I've always heard it to people really close to me. And so hearing it from really two successful businessmen that I look up to, we were talking about what it meant for them to be fathers as businessmen. Oh yeah. And like their mm-hmm. kids. And one of the things that Cam and Josh both said right away and both agreed on were like, you appreciate and forgive your parents for so much. The second you see mm-hmm. your own child. Yes. And that, there was a weird switch that happened that night. I was literally in my bed when, uh, when you and Matt were sleeping and I was sitting there like almost tearing up in like in in my bed. And I was like, I don't want to fucking wait till I have kids to feel that way about my own parents. Like what a bunch of wasted fucking time. Mm -hmm. Right. Like what a fucking waste of time to wait till that experience happens to me. Of course it's going to be deeper when it does. I'll never be able to emulate it fully until I'm there. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. so the next morning I was like, I texted my parents and I when I meditated like part of the meditation to so like think of someone that you really appreciate. Um I thought yeah. of my mom and my dad and I've never like really thought about them in that meditation appreciation like time, right? Mm-hmm. And then I also thought of my sister who was who's a mother and it was just like those weird gratitude moments that like that's not why we went to that event. That's not what was supposed to happen, right? Like that's not why we bought the tickets to go there. It was all that stuff. We weren't supposed to be there at one in the morning, right? And everything just kind of fucking happened in a way of like, I feel like that was one of the reasons I was supposed to be there to have that conversation with those two dudes to say those things for me to feel this way about my parents. Now
1: fucking crazy. Holy shit, bro. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's wild, bro. You got me like emotional, like thinking about it, you know, like it's uh it's insane. And I just, what came up for me when you said that right away was like t- the power of telling someone, even like, especially your parents, like I'm proud of you and yes. thank you. And it's like, because like, we're all literally just going through this together at the same time. Like no one knows what the fuck they're doing. And some days you're literally just giving your best that day, whatever your best is. And your best changes fucking hourly by the minute it changes. And it's like, some days are fucking not your best at all, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, and everybody's just doing their fucking best. So a little, I'm proud of you that you're going through this thing called fucking life goes a long way. You know what I mean? Especially as parents, it's like they're supposed to hold everything, you know?
0: And it's one of those things of, like, I know how fucking hard life is for me, and I don't have the responsibility of fucking four kids and, like, the rent, the mortgage, the dog, the health problems, the medical bills, Mm -hmm. and all of that. I don't have that also stacked on top of me. Like, fuck, being a parent of four so fucking so hard. Thank you. (laughs) I love you, and I appreciate you. You know, like, holy shit. Like, I've always realized it. We've always known it. But, like, you've never, like, fully felt the gratitude until a moment like that happens. So I was literally Mm -hmm. sitting there, like, what a waste of time if I, like, Wait until it happens for me to feel that way and tell them that, you know? Like, what the fuck? For my life and their lives? Like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, I mean, and it, it just goes to like I do this thing now where people pop up in my head and I'll just text them, you know? Because it's like, I texted,
0: uh, was it yesterday? The day before I texted Brock Johnson because I was like, dude, I don't know, I've been thinking about you. You keep popping up my Instagram. Just checking, hey, yeah. dude, how are you? Like, yeah, I don't know, like, I just a, like a buddy of mine. We've worked together in on, on different capacities. We've huh, Drank together in Laguna for Trey Tinsley's birthday once one year, like four years ago. It was just like <laughs> one of those things. Like I don't know why you're on my mind, bro, but hey, how you doing? I know it's just a good, mm-hmm. good couple of quick texts, but like, you know, like it, I, I love doing that for people, especially when I haven't spoken to them in a while, because you, nobody ever knows. Like you can literally fucking keep a door open for somebody one time and be like, that's the nicest thing anybody's done for me in weeks, and it's just like, I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't think no, dude, that. No, dude, that happened like? yesterday. I didn't think, literally, literally somebody like gave me 20 seconds of their time to show me gratitude of how much they appreciated me holding the door open for them. And I was kind of like, oh, it's like, oh my God, that's what I do. Like a woman won't and I held <laughs> sure. it open. But like, I've like sat there and thought about it in my car for like a minute or two. And I was like, what is she going through right now to where like that little show of gratitude meant that much to her? You know what I mean? Like, Or what exactly what is she not getting in her life that she deserves? Oh my God, that's like, that's fucking
1: sad to me yeah i think everybody just needs a little bit more love bro and especially to ourselves like i keep thinking about that uh podcast that Avi marcus talked about and he's like you're your biggest critic and you judge yourself the most most people most people there's some psychopaths out there that just don't have that filter you know what i mean that are just like fucking crazy but and he's like for the most part that judge like you just need to give it a little bit of love you know like just give yourself a little bit of love like you said we're trying our best and like um, that happened to me at the at the gas station the other day too i opened the door for this dude and he was just like you're a really good person thank you man and i was like Fuck. Thank you, man. Like, I yeah. appreciate Like, you know, like you said, you were walking and I was walking out Yeah, and I just hold it <laughs> for you. You know what I mean? Like it's fucking insane. And it hits you different when people just express how the fuck they're feeling, you know, and yeah. giving the gratitude to people. Cause it goes a long way. Somebody might really need that, you know? Yeah.
0: Which is like, you never, again, revisit the idea of like, you just ne- never know what somebody's fucking going through. You have no fucking yeah. clue, man. Like ever, no ever. idea. And even all the successful people that we met this weekend, we even looked up to, if you really got into the nitty gritty, they're probably all going through something fucking hard as shit in their lives right now. Oh, they all no admit clue. that they
1: don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yep. Everybody's like, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Yep. Like, do you know, you're just going with the flow of life and hopefully it's a good one. You know, hopefully you're floating up that fucking current. Dude, it reminds me of, uh, actually it's crazy. I was thinking about this the other day and I re-saw it. I can I, told you,
0: I can never remember the movie. It was with Melissa McCarthy where she's uh, talking to one of her friends in the movie and she was like, I do not surround myself with people who like feel like a victim or uh, blame the world for what's going on in their lives. And it's like, tells her friends, like, you are the problem. You are the problem yes. in your life. But you're also the solution. Yes. Like, fuck, that's heavy. Especially coming from Melissa McCarthy, where it's like she's so funny all the time that, like, you almost wish a different character in the movie fucking said it because it, land, it would land, like, deeper. Like, if Denzel said that, it would have been like, fuck, that's a tattoo right now. Fuck, I'm doing
1: that now. Dude, it, it, that made me think of Garrett Gunderson, who was another really oh. successful, you know, author. The best, uh, what he's, it, what was the he
0: best public speaker I've ever heard in my life. Hands down, by far, not the oh.
1: But the title that he that he's given, it's like uh, financial architect or something. Chief, like, fi- Chief financial architect. Most
0: badass yeah. gangster
1: yeah. 007 yeah. fucking C title I've ever heard in my life. But he got up there and went on this rant. um, Which was a pretty much about like people that are just so into like the fucking news and politics and shit happening in other countries that you literally have no control over and it sucks and it's life and like but you're letting that dictate how you feel now in the present moment when you have all this opportunity in front of you you know each day and it's like Uh you're just wasting time energy thoughts and ideas and manifestations on you know I mean like we all wish we could help fucking everywhere all times and be. but you, and it brings me back to a quote that Ian said, where he's like, you can do anything, not everything,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you want to make your, and the best part about Garrett's speech was like, he's like, you want to make a difference in the world, start with yourself. And it's like back to fucking notorious B I G where he's like, man, I want to change the world. And P Diddy's he's like, yeah, in order to change the world, we need to change ourselves. Like you got to be the best version of yourself, not worrying about other kind of shit. And that's some shit that I'm going through as far as clarity. Like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? You know what I mean? Of like, which avenue are we supposed to go to? And until you find that, and you're the best at that thing that you found, you're not helping anybody out. You know what I'm saying?
0: Who, who said the quote, be the change you want to see in the world?
1: Come on. Fuck. Be Come the on. Be the change you want to see in the world? Tupac? No?
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you get this answer. And that was, I wish it was Tupac. No, it was Gandhi. <laughs> I said
1: Biggie, so I was like, maybe it's Tupac. It was
0: Who was it? Gandhi. What's this? Oh, hilarious. Shit. Because uh, I feel like Gandhi and Tupac would actually be friends.
1: Like, 100%. Man, like growth mindset. I feel
0: like they would for sure be friends.
1: Real, recognized,
0: real. And dude, so another uh, recognized, real, Gandhi and Pac would be a hell of a freestyle. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, he would flow, literally. That would be, yeah, he would flow while on a fast, that sounds like. Like a paint really lightheaded. Um, also, another big topic that we talked about is the idea of luck. Luck mm-hmm. is fucking interesting, yeah. And luck yeah. exists, it is an actual, real, tangible thing. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I'm gonna go through all six of them real quick, too. All six like versions of luck. Um, some of them are really self explanatory, some of them are like, uh, You'd have to kind of be there to fully understand exactly what it means, but I'll do my best. All right. So um yes. first uh version of luck is chance luck. You just happen to be right place, right time, right? That's the typical luck that we think of, right?
1: Yeah, like like you're gambling.
0: Yeah. Um second is exposure luck. Um, you are fucking the epitome of exposure luck because you always say yes and go to places and you meet people all the time, and you are fucking one of the best networkers I have ever met. You it's like you Thank you, you and Jordan Palmer are like fucking connectors and networkers that's you guys are really good at that and you also just you expose yourself to a bunch of conversations to people to learn people's stories and you actually give a shit about these people's answers and you're present when you talk to them and like so
1: exposure luck is in my mind when in doubt go
0: go and expose yourself to as many fucking inputs
1: it's funny that you said connector because i was literally like thinking before we hopped on here like fuck like like i was literally thinking of garrett how he had that that, um, title. And I'm like, but we really like, if you're a, like a coach, whatever, if like you give yourself your own title. And I was like, like, I was thinking about being a connector, you know, of people, but also like to yourself, like connecting you to your deeper self. Like that's yep. a whole thing in yep. its own, you know, so That's should be that, Jordan, you,
0: that you, Jordan that. always references himself as he's like, I, I'm the best connector you'll ever know. Yeah. He's owned that. He's, he's like, I, I'm, mm-hmm. good, I'm good at, at doing this. And he is a fucking wizard at connecting people. Mm-hmm or ideas or think he fucking wizard
1: yeah just a chief connector like i don't fucking know Uh bro like that's yeah that's cool as fuck and then um three is uh skill luck
0: um so this is uh the example where he's uh what is it um like underwater diving retrieval is like remember that like that was the example of like yeah um this is also from uh naval um gives this example and involves like when I don't know, basically the smartest fucking modern day philosopher, I guess right now, I don't know. He's also brilliant (laughs) entrepreneur. Um, But the idea of like, say there's a ship found in the middle of the Indian ocean and it's the deepest ship ever found. And there's supposed to be half a billion dollar treasure on it, right? If you are the best person suited to go and retrieve that treasure, that's skill luck. You have that skill that somebody else did all the work, found it, did the, uh, calculations, found the coordinates, coordinates. And now they have everything 97% done. You just have to actually working coordinate. in their favor. You have to do the fucking like retrieval of the treasure because you know how to do it. And they don't. And you might be the only yeah. person in the world, 4,000 miles away. That's skill luck because you've developed a skill to be that fucking good. That
1: opportunity just falls in your lap. That's like, I think of Odell Beckham Jr. Like, I mean, his crazy one-handed catch is like, Oh, that's a lucky one-handed catch. Like, no, that's, that's thousands and thousands of thousands of hand, eye coordination drills and catching the football and doing repetitions of you doing crazy shit, perfecting your routes, perfecting your craft of catching the ball because that's your number one job as a receiver. And when you happen to work on those skills day in, day out, and invest in those situations like that occur where you throw your hand out and it sticks because you've worked on that situation so many times that it looks lucky to the blind eye. Yep. Um, fourth one, I'm just, I'll say it. And I want to know if, um, cause I honestly
0: think that, ah. I think this is one of the times when I actually got up to pee because I had about um, eighteen cups of coffee every single day because I was not gonna lie, I was pretty hungover every day. Um, in a really, really great proactive way too. Um, fourth type of luck is pattern recognition luck. Do, do you have notes on that?
1: Yeah, so for me, like, I relate a lot of things to football, but pattern recognition to me is watching film. Like, if I'm watching film mm, mm, and I mm, see that every third down, great, they come out with example, cover two. Fucking example. So I run a cover two beater and score, but at my position, I'm running, you know, the middle of the field bender who I know is going to get the ball. I know I'm scoring. I set myself up for that because on third down, they go cover two. I'm at that route. Or, like, you know... You're just making the odds better in your favor because you're recognizing a pattern like, oh, every time we run on third down, yep. it's it's a first down. So I'm going to continue okay. to run on third down
0: to push my luck. You know what now, I'm now I'm starting to think about it is it's this idea, say you are playing baseball and you're on first base and it's the fourth inning and you realize when you were watching the entire game with the first three innings, whenever there's a run on first base and there's a 2-0 count, the pitcher throws a curveball in the dirt. Example, right? So you're sitting there and there's, uh on first base and say it's a 2-0 count and you're your teammates hitting behind you and you're on first, you might be the slowest person on the team and you fucking steal because you saw the pattern and you recognize yes. it. And you are safe yeah. because there was a curveball on the dirt and the catcher couldn't pick it, make the transfer and throw you out at the same time. That is pattern recognition. luck. it's very analytical. Luck, yes. I feel like, yes. And that's, so he, mm-hmm. he, and what's funny is that he says like beginner luck is not a, it's not technically like a, a thing it, itself. It's actually more of chance and exposure. luck is what beginner luck is because, uh, but he explains it in Ian explains it like a beginner's luck is you do not recognize patterns, so you're actually like, uh, like a wild card. Yeah, it's, you're a wild card. You're you're the dangerous freedom type of luck of like you don't it's know what you don't know, which puts everybody else on the edge of like, oh fuck, you look at this entire thing differently than me because I've been in it so long. I'm too close to the problem. Yeah. So that's like when someone goes up and like throws a dart and hits a bullseye on their very first dart ever. Versus somebody who's been doing it for a long time. They think about their mechanics. And they think about, like, you know, is there a fucking fan on in the bar? It's like, I don't know. Is Johnny drunk on my right? But, like... over analyzing everything. And then t- somebody comes up and just fucking looks and throws it. That's like my mom, like, a couple months ago. And it's not technically beginner luck, like, because I'm sure that my mom was a... She was a pool shark. I'm pretty sure Sue was also a dart <laughs> shark. But... Uh, <laughs> she came up, and she fucking double bullseye, back-to-back, within, like, five darts. And I was like, what the holy dick just happened to me? And I was like, I'm... dude. With, within like five rounds playing to my mom I was like I'm down by we're playing a 301 and I was like dude I have like 273 and you have like 11 left what the fuck just happened to me
1: dude, dude. Minnie is one of the most yeah remember we played best. we played last year and Minnie fucking smashed us playing darts dude she well she she's a good dart player in general but like she is like beginners like we went to Vegas for the first time both of us and she just hit jackpots all kind of, like gambling is not my thing I never fucking win money I'm just not she, Yeah good. she's such a I in Vegas she's you know? such
0: a brilliant fuck it like What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I could fail if I didn't try it? Great. I could also, yeah. fucking, I could also fucking win. Like, that's, most a, that's, people don't, a, that's a
1: secret weapon. Most
0: people aren't even open to the idea that they could possibly win, and Minnie walks up to a table or grabs a dart and goes, yeah, that could happen, but I could also fucking
1: hit a bullseye. Boom. Exactly. And you and I are sitting there like, what the fuck? We just got roasted playing darts. And and that's the thing I wish I knew even back playing ball like the scariest guy to fight against is the one that has nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when you play, there's, there's a certain factor and it's scientifically proven. There's theories, all kinds of shit of like the not give a fuck factor when you're playing competitive sports or when you're playing like when you care too much or when you're chasing things too hard. They just seem to never fucking come. But when you surrender, let your skill and all this other kind of expose all that kind of other luck take over, you're not trying so hard, you really don't give a fuck about the outcome, you end up just doing great things. Yep. And uh, absolutely. The fifth one is what you call
0: only you luck. And Ian gave himself as the example for this. And it's a uh, say there's an event that uh, or there's, there's four or five events, right? And the first event just needs a public speaker about anything. Cool. Fucking anybody can do that. You don't have to be lucky to be chosen to do that. Say it's a business marketing sales income event. Okay, that narrows it down a little bit, but cool. There's still a million fucking people that can talk about that. Say it's all—it's the business bargaining sales income event, and also you want somebody that can teach meditations. All right, cool. Now there's only like 30 people, right, that, that you want to be the fucking headline speaker for that. Say it's all of those things, and you want them to be a fucking – and you want to see if they can do a stand-up skit at the end of one of the nights. There is two people. And the fucking planet that can do that that i know of and they were both at the event this weekend ian was one of them yeah. and Garrett gunderson was the other one yeah. both wickedly intelligent both make a shit ton of money both love life and both are also fucking gangster ass comedians and they both are working on fucking specials right now and Garrett just recorded his it's already done it's gonna drop soon and ian's working on it. i'm pretty sure to drop one on netflix in the next year or two like Super fucking dope. so gangster right but so if somebody wants to hire somebody for that event, one, you can charge a shit ton of money when you do all of that because you're your own land. You are your own. You are a category king because you were the fucking one that made that category. You are you are now the fucking best in that, right? But that creates only you luck because yeah, people are going to be asking other people to say, hey, do you have a reference that can do A, a B, C, and D? And it's like, yeah, there's only one person. So then all of a sudden he gets a bunch of incoming opportunities, and it's like people are like, dude, you're so lucky. It's like, yeah, cool. But only you luck is. You create yourself, though. Only you, Luck, you actually yeah. manifest and create yourself because of the work that you put in to be who you are.
1: Yeah, the skills, the exposure, all that adds up to being you, and that's what being uncommon is. That's what he said, be the only, which is like, yeah, be the only one in that lane so mm-hmm. the luck just hap- Like You are that person. You're the one person people go to. You're a pioneer in that lane. And the quote that he said was, it's better to be different than it is to be better. So it's better to be different than it is to be better, and have you read that from my emails yet? Uh, I haven't. No, I'm still catching up on all yours. Oh man. yeah.
0: That's, that's, that's the number one rule in sales marketing and life is don't be boring. And the easiest way to yeah. be boring is you do not have to be better than anybody. You have to be clearly different.
1: Bring something different to the table. How can I add value? You know, that's the whole thing of, um, Yep. I mean, that's literally how I even made a career in football. I just like lied and said like, yeah, I can hold field goals. Like mm-hmm. just be different. Like what is everybody else not doing? Like, Doing this, doing that, like find your own lane, find your own niche, be that fucking guy, you know? And that's like uh why
0: Jordan Palmer and I have always been such good like business partners and work together so well. And um when people always talked about like I've I've overheard people like make fun making fun of his NFL career. Cool. First off, he played eight seasons in the NFL. Bro Yeah, what I, being I, a I really, one for really, there's only been one time where I've said something to like defend him because he doesn't need it, he doesn't care. I've never even told him to this. And literally, it was a dad. And I was like, "Bro, you you fucking manage Kinkos." And he played eight years in the NFL. I'm not disrespecting what you what you do when you provide for your family. It's not a, it at all. But like playing down that this dude served eight years in the NFL, and he only played 62 snaps over eight years. That is he admits publicly that is a record that he will probably will never be broken. Someone to play that long, <laughs> that with that few actual yeah. gameplay, and that's long longevity, day. bro. Think about all of the the league minimums. Of how much he gets paid to not even actually put his body in, like, he doesn't practice in all the training, of course, but like to put it in legit physical harm's way. Opportunity costs, bro. So, only you luck is he got signed multiple times because he was the best backup quarterback in the entire league for getting the starting quarterback ready mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually to get. What a badass job.
1: What a badass job, too. Like, people are like, oh, you're the backup. Like, yeah, dude, but half of probably a lot of percentage of those guys' success relies on the competition pushing him and why yes. he's being pushed, helping him in so many different ways. And Jordan probably knew that some of those guys were probably better than him in aspects, but hey, I can add value to this guy's life and career that will eventually come, come back. You know uh, what I mean? It, it it all comes full circle.
0: And that's also a reason why he's one of the only you type of luckiest people I know, but it's also like you earned the only you luck. So it's never like saying that, like to take away from anybody, but it's like, he played eight years in the NFL. Plus, he started a marketing agency. Plus, he provided marketing services in the NFL. Plus, he like he always goes to events and was uh, grew up in Southern California. So there's so many different things that he aligns to make his own category. So it's like if you were in the NFL and wanted marketing contacts and wanted to sign with brands, and that you came to Jordan Palmer, who was the back like at the time like the backup to the fucking Titans, like. In the NFL quarterback grand scheme of things, yeah, sure, he's he's either referenced as Carson Palmer's younger brother, yeah, younger brother, or the backup for the Titans when it comes to football. And then you talk to him about this, and all of a sudden it's like, no, motherfucker, I'm Jordan Palmer. Yeah, I'm Jordan Palmer. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I'm the motherfucker here. You know, and that's and that's me speaking. That's never how he would ever speak to anybody. But it's like he creates fucking only you luck, just like Ian does, just like Garrett does. Just like fucking uh, Alex Rodriguez does now with his baseball career, commentating and announcing, and then also with business. It's like he's created his own fucking lane of fucking powerhouse ex-athletes now. Fucking powerhouse ex-athletes. Kevin Durant right now is a fucking only-you-lucky person because of everything he does off the court while also being a top-ten fucking athlete of all time, like in the history of fucking sports.
1: Yeah, find something that nobody's doing and be the best at it. And I think that's like... We're less Les Spellman. I mean, I, I talked to him the other day and he's just an amazing human being. I've learned a lot from him. Um, I know it's like two guys in kind of our field that we both look up to, like, you know, Jordan and I worked with Les, worked under him, all kinds of shit. And um, the things I continue to learn from that guy, but he's always posting free game. He's always posting free game. And that's stuff that like you have to usually pay for to get an in-person value, right? And he's giving it to you for free. And his whole thing is like, he's going to put people on. He's always going to help people no matter what, because at the end of the day, he is the OG in that realm. Yep. Like at the end of the day, you're going to, you're going to come to, yeah, you're going to land on, you know, I want this done. I got you go to Jordan Palmer. It's like, so if you're the only, if you started the only and obviously there's going to be people that start to fall under you to try to, you know, catch, copycat, or aspire to be like you, but there's only going to be one you. And the other thing about that too, which would make
0: sense of like why Jordan and, and Les are also excellent businessmen and have very profitable, awesome, like growing, scaling businesses is, People don't only respond to the free shit. Free shit intrigues them, even if the free shit is is the answer. It's literally the answer they need. If humans actually worked like that in psychology of where they, they could actually physically accept and make transformations only from free shit. One, the self-improvement digital product knowledge-based business market is approaching $500 billion a year. By 2030, it's supposed to be half, like it's supposed to be half a trillion dollars a year. That's fucking crazy. Okay. That proves that like, that proves that exact idea because it's like, if YouTube exists now, which has all of the free answers we all, somebody has has uploaded a video that gives the free answer that we're all looking for in any part of our lives. It's on YouTube right now for free. Literally. But humans don't work that way. No, it's
1: trust and experience. But it's
0: also, you have to commit. And the best way to commit is through an exchange of currency. At least
1: the best way, like,
0: or uh, currency services, some fucking commitment. If you just give, you're given the answers for free. There is, you have no skin in the game to make any transformation. Zero. Yeah. And that's gonna be be true to the end of time.
1: And the accountability to take action, I think, is also the kind of deal too. Which I think I learned I learned a lot from Ian in that sense of he was talking about, you know, like the groups that he has and the people he has and that he's going to surround you with if you join his groups. And, and it's, um it's insane because it is that accountability factor. Like, yeah, we talked about all this stuff and you learned it. How are you putting it into action? That's something that we talked about with Matt Komen, who's one of our mentors mm-hmm. of like, you no, know, now apply it, make a promise to yourself to apply this. And I think like I talked to Les the other day, like I said, and we talked about, it's all in the experience as well of the in-person. So you get the free game and then the experience of how I'm being told to apply it and how you connect to people, how you communicate your energy, your confidence when you deliver it. Like that's the tangible things that people forget about. If you are your business, yep. you know, if you are a life coach, a speed coach or trainer, whatever the therapist, you have those things that make you, you that no one else has. And being confident and secure in that is giving away free game and helping others around you, even your competitors, because it comes full circle.
0: Yeah. And the other thing too, is that I think that, um, we, Ian started off with like, uh, the idea of uh, principles being like the operating system, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea of that uh, no single person's operating system is is the exact same for as other people, literally anybody. Like even my my brother and my and, and me, mm-hmm. we grew up in the same environment. Um, ninety seven percent sure that we're from the same parents. I don't know. Ninety seven percent sure. Never hundred percent sure. I don't know. Like how sure are you really? it's <laughs> yeah, a conversation over Thanksgiving with my parents one day. Like I'm not <laughs> too courageous to have. Um. But so it's like you also have to know yourself and how you commit to transformations, right, and how you can commit to doing the work. Um, and I'm, I'm like, kind of flipping the script of, like, being on the consumer end of um, working with one of these life coaches or speed coaches or quarterback coaches or any of these types of coaches or any business or whatever, right? And my example for this, too, is um, also bringing up – more talking about money to make people more comfortable about it. Cause which is, I'm going to be doing a lot more of this forward. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, it's funny, even when you first started bringing up money, my, my old self started coming out like he's talking about money right mm-hmm. now. And I was like, yeah, no shit. He's talking about money. So I, I'm, I
0: keep yeah. On. Um, honestly, I, man, I'm, I spent fucking spent and committed to more money in the last fucking week than I have done in my entire fucking life. Besides like <laughs> technically buying a car, you know, but like, like duh, or like rent, you know, like sure. You know, yeah. but it's like kind of different, right? Um, yes. But, uh, so this, the mastermind that, that I, I just joined, right. Um, mm-hmm. it's a thousand bucks a month for a year was the plan I signed up for, or it could have been, um, 25, 10,000. It, so it could have been, So it's, yeah, so it's a thousand bucks a month for a year. So it's $12,000 there, right. Mm-hmm. Um, overall through the year, or it could be $10,000 up front. or it could be quarterly payments to be in between there. Right. Mm-hmm. so it's like but
1: that's only for the for a specific group as yeah, well. yeah for the, like the early bird group sure uh,
0: yeah but so it's like i could have could have definitely made the quarterly payments which would have saved me money right um I could have finagled the ten thousand dollar one but like also I would have struggled to make rent which i mean I won't, I won't deny that that's how you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah that's fine because you can't make rent with
1: Hey, bro, you're not you're not being judged. I mean, you paid for me to go to the goddamn yeah, event. So. Right, so I can't pay
0: rent and credit cards, which sucks. But I, wish could. <laughs> um, but I literally saw both of those and didn't fucking even think about them once. I have literally thought about the monthly option because of the way that I commit. If I see a thousand dollars getting out going away out of my account every single month, it's going to make me fucking hop on the horse, make sure I'm on every single call. Fuck the recording. I'm going to be there live. I'm asking questions. I'm doing all of the shit because. There are one thing I love and one thing I hate. I fucking love spending money. I love spending money. I fucking detest feeling like I'm wasting money. Yeah. I, I love spending and I fucking love giving money away. And mm-hmm. I fucking... Hate it. Content,
1: you gave a lot of homeless people money uh, that Boise trip.
0: Yeah. I, I gave a lot of people... I gave a lot of homeless people money, Um, which is... As I always do that. I tip a minimum of twenty five percent
1: almost every single time mm-hmm. I minimum. Um, I did that today because of you. Yeah, I, I do. It. I literally. I mean, like, I always tip twenty. I'm a good person, but like when there's the max amount that you can tip, yeah. I did that. Like you know, uh-huh. what I mean,
0: like um, I tip like a minimum of twenty five percent, like every
1: every time. Uh, we
0: um, at the end of the event, Ian um, told people that like uh, they were going to go to a local bar that he's a part investor in and give uh he was asking for, like, don't, I call them donations. He wasn't even asking. He was saying, like, hey, we're going to put money into a pot, and we're going to give it to one um, waiter or bartender or waitress at this uh, uh, bar that is going to serve us, and we're just going to surprise them with a load of cash, right? Uh, between you, me, and Matt, we put in $700. Mm-hmm. 700 fucking dollars. Yeah. Um, two years ago, I would have been like, bro. Here's seven bucks. Go fuck yourself. If you want to make more money, yeah. go find a different job. I don't know. Now, yeah. I know because yeah, two years ago I was a fucking asshole. I'm still an asshole, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a more friendly asshole. It's totally fine. But uh, now it's like I think about it differently, way differently, right? I was at uh, the movies. Also, life hack: you start on the movies by yourself. It's fucking fantastic. I did that the other day. And I was leaving, and I saw a couple. Who this dude looked nervous. He was like for sure on a date. It was not his girlfriend yet. You could just tell. This kid was like <coughs> this kid was like 18 or 19. With this girl. um, she, They may have even fucking been in high school. I don't know. The dude was fucking nervous. And I felt like yeah. I, I remembered being that that kid. like, I feel like the kid doesn't know if his fucking debit card is going to get approved right now. Yeah. So I've I, been there. I literally walked up to the uh, person. And I was like, I'm buying their tickets. You don't even have to tell them for yeah. me. I'm buying their tickets. And they're like, do you care how much it is? I'm like, no. sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm buying the ticket. Sometimes, fucking drinks, popcorn, and candy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking,
1: yeah, now it's thousand dollars. Yeah, but. But like,
0: I'm not dropping hundred bucks for this fucking dweebs I don't know. But uh, and like, I used to hear stories like that from people that they would talk about how they gave money away, and I'd be like, "Cool, fucking asshole, you got more money than me." And then once I started surrounding myself with people that were so much fucking wealthier than me, and also so much fucking happier than me. They would, talk, they would say these things and talk about these things and do these. One, they would do these things. Two, that they would talk about them because it brings the ideas to other people of like, oh, my God, there are people that, that exist like this in the world. Money does flow. This shit does – good shit happens to people sometimes, and it introduces this opportunity of fucking thinking for people, right? So I used to fucking hear those things and be like, cool, this dude's an asshole because he's telling me that he's better than me by saying all of these things. And it's one of those things, if you hear what I just said and hear it that way, I am so empathetic to that and I so understand. But as we talk about money more and more, especially you and me, as we'll get into it and we'll start to earn more and we'll start to talk about our levels of income in a in a way that makes sense, uh, you're going to hear this a lot more and more and be like, oh my God, actually, they don't mean that. They they are not doing this for them. I am doing this literally to talk about it and bring it up to other people. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like the idea of like talking about sex. It's like... Tell me I, was just,
1: I was just saying that That's how
0: fucking kids are created. Yeah. Like, just fucking talk about it.
1: Like, well, I'm going to, I like, I wanted to, to bring this up earlier and I forgot too, but like, um, well, about like the, the sex and money thing. I even put that. I wrote my first email out the other day. Um, Woo! Thanks love for that To you and uh, to you and Ian and I even put in there like, yeah, I might talk about money and sex. Cause like, why not? And you know what I mean? And, um, and not even sex being like, I watched me and Minnie watched a uh, sex, love and goop on Netflix. And it's not even, it's not just about sex. It's about energy. It's about word of, words of affirmation. And it's about the sexual presence that we all have as fucking human beings. It's not, like, weird shit, like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's it's, it's so taboo to talk about in culture, like, and it is up there with money. But um, it's always, it it's really, really made me uncomfortable
0: when people are uncomfortable talking about sex and money to me. Yeah. Which may, might so, make me weird to other people, but, like, it controls fucking everything we do and think about it sucks but also
1: that's kind of the fucking truth and what? what's helped me with that is um on my birthday uh me and minnie went to a fucking nudist resort gangster and um and you also it was funny because
0: you also told the stories of ryan sheckler which we'll get into another time
1: yeah I, <laughs> yeah i did tell the story to ryan sheckler um and, and you know when you say that it's funny people are like what the fuck but then a lot of open-minded people are like how was it was it awesome and it's like Yeah, it was incredible. Like, you walk in and people are naked and sure, like, you're going to feel a little weird at first, the first 10 minutes. Then when you realize everybody is trying to be on the same page vulnerably and, like, be open and, like, letting you see them for who they are. And if you think you're beautiful, you have to accept all forms of of human Mm -hmm. beings, shapes, sizes, old, young, new, like, and just have love for being a fucking human. But also... I mean to open that up and like making you not feel weird about sex or being naked and it's natural. Like clothes are fucking weird. Shoes are fucking weird. It's not natural at all to wear clothes or wear shoes. Like unless weather permits it. Yeah. No, it's yeah. actually technically
0: not at all. I drive shirtless in my fucking convertible all the time. Cause I'm like, bro, why would I n- neglect the sun being here and giving me this energy and sun and joy exactly. and fucking light and heat? Like, exactly. Why would I fucking neglect my primal like need of that by wearing a fucking mm-hmm. shirt that I'm... Also, that I'm sweating through like an asshole. <laughs> <and> smelly <laughs> like an asshole. You know,
1: fuck it, dude. Like, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. It's fucking...
0: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I just my fucking AC on, but that's a good call. That's a way better call.
1: No, but um, but just opening up, opening up like all those thoughts and words and emotions and like because you don't know unless you fucking try it's like yeah why not and we loved it and yes i'll definitely be fucking back and like it was just an experience that some people people are so i'm not saying everybody's got to go to a fucking industry or right? you definitely should but it's things that people are like if you find that weird it's like you're just not open enough yet to the to these topics and have have had enough experience talking about that stuff to find that it's okay there's no fucking judgment and no one really cares about anything ever i was dude i was. I'm telling you this, but also like, I don't know what it is. I was
0: so fucking strong about not getting lost in the TikTok world for so long. <laughs> Last ten days, I'm not gonna lie, my ass is fucking in the algorithm. I am, I, I have been spending way too much time at night on TikTok. <laughs> um, just I got got hard. I'm not even gonna it, like deny that. You gotta get got. um, I feel like a 13 year old girl. Like I got got on TikTok hard. Um. <laughs> one of it so like it makes me think of that like your experience of that's how i'm like processing it of like your experience of like mm-hmm. realizing like if we're all here we're all going through this weird shit like when we first walk in right we're all going through it right and it was like this kid posted something on tiktok and i don't really struggle with anxiety sure i've had a couple of battles with it here and there but i don't like continuously struggle with it like i know a lot of mm-hmm. people do right and this the kid said something and also the kid was like 17 years old or something in this video and has millions of likes, which means it has millions and millions and millions of views, And he probably has no idea how many fucking people he helped with this, maybe like parody type of TikTok. And he was like, uh, if you struggle with anxiety, just imagine and also realize that like most everybody else is actually like having anxiety attack because they think that you have it more together than they, than like they do. And like, if you, if you realize that, like your anxiety decreases. And I read a bunch of comments were like, bro, you actually have no fucking idea. And he said it like kind of jokingly, but like kind of not jokingly and serious. But a bunch of people are like, you actually have no fucking idea how much this helped me. Mm-hmm. I realized, like, yeah. bro, everybody's just fucking trying to figure it out. I, like what I told you this weekend, in life, but also, especially in your bank account, but especially in life, there is no fucking scoreboard anywhere. Nobody knows what the right answers are. Nobody knows what the wrong answers are. There's not, hey, it's, it's, eight to seven the, on the bottom of the six. Like, no, that's not fucking there. It's not fucking thirty-seven seventeen. 17 at the end of the third quarter. There is no fucking timeline that we are all aware of. There is no score we're all aware of. Nobody Each can moment is you, know. you. Nobody can fucking tell you what is the right or wrong answer for your life besides fucking you. And then the other thing is, like, why I fucking hate the word mistakes is because you only define a mistake after it's happened. It's <laughs> yeah. so unfair to, to yourself. It's the most unfair fucking battle in the world. It's literally the most losing battle you could ever have with anything is reevaluating something after it happened when now you have all the fucking factors. When you had to make a decision when you didn't have all the factors, it may have been right. It may have been wrong. It may have just been fucking you did your best then. And now you're living with the choice you made. That's the only fucking thing that happened. Mistakes aren't made. Fucking choices are made. And we all, we all move forward. Fucking. me so angry when people are like Mike also, it's so hard to realize that like, you know, that's fucking hard for people. It's hard for me. Sure. shit. It's hard
1: for me too. I, yeah, you never, I mean, like you said, all you have is what you have in that moment to base decisions, decisions and choices off it's of. Like, and yeah, then 2020 vision, vision
0: looking back. Yeah. Fucking everyone's got 2020 blind people have 2020 vision looking back. Shit. <laughs> that might not even be okay to say. I said it. <laughs> fucking right.
1: But no, it's true, man. I mean, I think we could mic- drop the mic on, on that topic. Um, of like God, I that one. I'm not gonna lie. That one, that one me... No, I love Durant because it's fucking true, bro. all you have is is what you have right now to make these decisions that you think are best for you in these moments. That's all you fucking have. So, what's best for you in this moment is to uh, listen to this episode and to continue listening when yeah. we just There's fucking love. do this once a week.
0: Um, I have two more small things. Um, honestly, think that we can actually get into like some of the Gary Anderson talk later as like an entire fucking episode. Um, uh, yeah, uh, crazy. I, I, I have. At most, I took like a third of a page of notes per speaker. I took two full pages of notes when he spoke for like fucking half an hour. That was crazy. I've never taken notes like that. Um, yeah. But two, actually, you know, three little like random, actually four. Fuck, this was such a great event. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, um, I have a bunch of random little quotes that I'm just going to say. Um, cool. So I'm going to say them, and I want like your 30-second fucking reaction to them because it's like random right. thing people said. Money wants to flow. Ian said that. How does that hit you?
1: Um, what I got from that was when you restrict one side of whether it's spending, earning, whatever the case is, and you put a limit on it or you grip it so tight, you, you cause, you don't get blood to flow. You don't get it to, the money to flow. So stop squeezing it. Boom. Um,
0: your subconscious mind is scientifically proven to be 33,000 times stronger than your conscious mind.
1: You don't even know what you know and how to do it. And um, Yes, that's exactly right. And just, let let that, that. subconscious come forward to find out what you really know.
0: Okay, I love that. If you think money is a scarce resource, it is one. If you think, if you believe money is an abundant resource, it becomes
1: one. It is. It's just it is. I mean, whatever you think happens, and whatever you want to happen, will. You just gotta fucking manifest that shit. That's fucking right.
0: Um, courage is the most important part of luck.
1: I love that part because I think it's literally just the courage, the meth, the sentiment that we talk about, cold DMing, just putting yourself in positions to succeed makes you successful.
0: And uh, okay, this one, you—I'll let you give the context of this one because you actually have a uh, more of like a—you have more experience in the MMA and fighting background than I do, even though we're both fans of it. If you're losing, increase chaos. If you're winning, decrease chaos. So. Give the example that he spoke about. You remember the example from the event? yeah, yeah. We were
1: talking about his his MMA coach or his uh the, his trainer that you know since he was nineteen years old and he was at the event and pretty much like if you're getting choked out in a situation, um, like you're the one getting choked out. You're starting to add chaos as like being you know frantic and doing all this shit. You grab something, you hit them. Like it's it's causing things, um, you know, outside and making this chaotic environment for the person that just has like his hands on your, on your throat, if you're the one choking, you're just focused on that one thing. You want everything else to kind of like die down around you and you're focusing to get that thing done as opposed you know what I mean? Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, the exact example he gave was like,
0: say the, uh, say you are choking somebody out. And so technically you are the one winning in a one-on-one combat battle, right? Yeah. And, uh, you're the one winning. And there is a window with three feet to your left, right? If you are winning the fight, you should do everything you can to choke that person out away from that window, right? Yes, the window, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are in that same position, but you are the one getting choked out too, so technically you are losing, the way to increase chaos, because if you do nothing and you're getting choked out yeah. in a capacity that you are going to die, the best thing you can do is increase chaos and push both of you, break the glass, and go and fall out this fucking window. You're going to die if you don't do anything. So increase chaos as much as you can to change up all the variables. So it makes me think about like if you are losing – if you feel like you are losing in life, your relationships are in disarray, your health is in disarray, your wealth is in disarray, fucking increase chaos, increase your exposure luck. If you are winning a lot more than normal, get rid of all the variables that are fucking distracting you and decrease chaos as
1: fast as fucking possible. There is a – I'm just going to end – I, don't, I mean, I don't know how much more you have left, uh, but with the yin and yang, and I was reading the, the 12 rules of life, and it really explained the yin and yang to me in a way that like I didn't, I've never really been explained before. And then there's only two elements of the world, and it's order and chaos. You know, order is the white masculine, chaos is the black t- uh, feminine counterpart, and the little dots on each side indicate the possibility of transformation. So this is just what you said, like in life, just when things seem secure, the unknown can loom, unexpectedly large. Conversely, just when everything seems uh, lost, new order can emerge from catastrophe. From yeah, from, from catastrophe and chaos. <laughs> that was such a me thing to do, from catastrophe and chaos. And then the meaning's to be found in the middle. But the whole thing and the whole point of it is like, like you said, just when you think things are going good, you got to keep doing the things that are making you good and doing those little things daily. Like, oh, the meditation made me feel so good, and I feel so good when I'm meditating. And then it feels good, and I feel great, so I stopped doing it for a week. Yep right chaos can happen and thing when everything seems so bad i mean the next moment can be the one that changes your life yep. you know so um that's what made me think of and there's the yin and yang for you and to be balanced within that shit bro mic drop <laughs> welcome back to uh be, Uncom- be
0: uncommon with caleb and luke this was a hell of a podcast and also this is the most fun i've had podcasting uh in a really really long time which means that uh I'm going to grab some uh, I'm going to grab some drinks and you and I are just going to riff every time we record because this was fucking awesome and I am uh, my life should be my second life or my second self and also probably second life as well it's a good word <laughs> but my second self is the person that's uh, on the podcast it's the uh, I don't give a fuck it's, this is our Give podcast. Dad, you shouldn't. This is our podcast. I feel like my this brother, is our fucking podcast. This, this is our. This, this is our podcast, and uh, we make the fucking rules. And the only rule, is only <laughs> if, the only rule, is actually just a suggestion, and it's don't die. It's just a suggestion. Don't die. Not even a rule. Boom. Don't die, guys. Game over. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We will be back.